it is a blessing to be here this morning and uh, bring the word to you. Um, and to share a story, there's a Bible college professor, Johanna Catano, uh, who pastors a small church in Jerusalem. Uh, he is subject to much persecution. See, he's Palestinian. And Israeli soldiers who patrol the city are looking for potential terrorists and impose uh, curfews on Palestine, and they have the legal right to uh, shoot Palestines that do not respond to their summons. And Johanna uh, tried and failed in his attempt to love his enemies. The Israel, Israeli soldiers random daily checks for Palestinian identification and sometimes stopping them for hours fed Johanna's fear and anger. And as he confessed his inability to God, Johanna realized something significant. The radical love of Christ is not an emotion, but a decision. He decided to show love however reluctantly, by sharing the gospel message with the soldiers in the street. With a new resolution, Johanna began to carry copies of a flyer with him, written in Hebrew and English, with a quotation from Isaiah 53, and the words, real love, printed across the top. Every time a soldier stopped him, he handed him his ID card and the flyer. Because the quote came from Hebrew scriptures, the soldiers usually asked him about it before letting him go. Several months, Johanna realized that the feelings towards the soldiers changed. I was surprised, you know, he says. It was a process, but I didn't pay attention to the process. My older feelings were not there anymore. I could pass in the same street, see the same soldiers as before, but now I find myself praying, Lord, let them stop me so I can share with them the love of Christ. This morning, I hope to give you a taste of what it means to love God and love others. Truthfully, I've been working on this for uh, nearly a year and a half, and I believe that I have much more to learn about love and the likelihood that I could reduce all of that into a 30-minute sermon is practically nil. And so, if I were to preach all that the Bible says about love every Sunday, it would take nearly four years to deal with every passage in Scripture that deals with love. And so, there is no way to accomplish this task in a few sermons. So my hope this morning is to highlight a few things and then encourage you to do some exploring on your own. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? In God's Word we read that God is love in 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves God has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is is love. love. God's love was revealed among us in this way, that God sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. 
Love consists of this, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent His Son, the world's Savior. Whoever confesses Jesus as the Son of God remains in Him and He in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love of God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we might have confidence in the day of judgment. Because he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister in whom he can see cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from Him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Father God, I want to lift up these words to you, and I pray that you would guide us and direct us as we dig into your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God is love. And when we look at this passage, we see Christ is the manifestation of that love in that he is our Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as we read this, we see that Jesus demonstrates his love by being willing to ultimately sacrifice his life for our salvation. He was willing to give all for our ultimate well-being, that we might be saved from sin and destruction. In the Old Testament, we learn about faithful love. The Hebrew word is hesed. This word is often translated faithful love. It is also translated steadfast love, kindness, loyalty, graciousness, faithfulness, and constant love. And so when we say God is love, this is the love that we are referencing. God is faithful. God's love is kindness. God's love is gracious. God's love is constant. The first time that this word is used in the Bible is a prayer from a servant of Abraham while seeking a bride for Abraham's son Isaac. We find this reference in Genesis chapter 24, starting with verse 12. Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, make this happen for me today and show kindness, has said, to my master Abraham. I am standing here at the spring where the daughters of men of the town are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I say, please lower your water jug that I may drink. 
and who responds, drink, and I'll water your camels also. Let her be the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this, we, I will know that you have shown kindness, has said, to my master. You know, as he finishes this pray, prayer, Rebecca shows up and draws water and waters his camels. And she is beautiful, full of hospitality and grace. She invites the servant of Abraham back to her father's house. She was a perfect match for Isaac. And so the servant praises God by saying, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my, savior, my master Abraham, who, who has not withheld his kindness, has said, from, and or his faithfulness from my master. You know, before we move on, I want to say something about prayer as it relates to love. You see, the servant knew something about God's faithful love. And he prayed that God's faithful love would be made a reality. And when it came to pass, he praised God for his faithful love. And it seems to me that this is a good pattern for us to follow as well. We seek to know and understand God's faithful love. We seek to learn about it. And then we pray that that faithful love would become a reality in our own hearts, in our own lives. And we praise God when that faithful love is manifested in our lives. You know, there's many occasions in which God's people praise God's faithful love in the Old Testament. And one of those such instances is when the Israelites sang after crossing the Red Sea. The whole event was God's mighty hand at work. The protection from the Egyptians, the pursuing of them, the parting of the waters, the crossing of the Red Sea on dry land. It was all God's hand. And they sang a song of praise. And one of the stanzas says, with your faithful love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling place with your strength. There's a quote that I want to share with you. You've seen a magnifying glass and hold it up before the sun and focus the ray, rays on a dry piece of wood and set it on fire. Now, while you see the wood burning to ashes, will you tell me what is um, what is it that you see uh, that burns? Does the heat of the sun burn the wood, or does the wood burn? Well, the heat you feel while the wood is burning is due to the sun or to the wood. Of course, the fire is purely and simply a flame of the sun, but afterwards, the wood begins to burn. And the sun burns the wood, then the wood burns itself. Even so, the love of God comes into our heart. Then our heart loves too. And in both cases, love is from God. No man is a Christian unless he himself loves God with his own heart. Yet, our love to God is nothing more or less than a reflection of God's love to us. So that it comes to the same thing. The point here is I think that 
to understand God's love, we must first understand God's faithful love for us. To seek it and have it manifested in our lives and to praise God for his faithful love. The foundation of our love is not something that we find in ourselves ultimately. It is a manifestation of God's faithful love flowing through us back to God and towards others. God's faithful love in us. You know, our affections, they can ebb and flow. I think back to when I was a young adult. The things that were important to me then seem quite trivial to me now. And the things that seemed trivial to me when I was a young adult seem pretty important now. You know, love is expressed this way. It it seems to be this type of love that we're seeking to understand. God's love is faithful. And if we're to represent God's love, then our love ought to be faithful as well. So what is God, the faithful love look like? As a Christian, we know that the highest love is in the work of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, Jesus, on the evening before he died on the cross, said, This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. In 1 John 3.16 we read, This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us, and we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. When we look at these words of Christ and the Apostle John, Christ's sacrifice is central to the love that we are discussing here today. You see, sin separates us from faithful love of God and the love that He wants to show us. And much, so much so that if we're left to our own ends, we remain separated and unable to love in the way that we're commanded to love others. And so Jesus is asking us to do something impossible. It is impossible to love God as God is commanded without some sort of supernatural change that occurs in our hearts and our lives. Jesus is more than an example of how to love others. He is the very substance of love that enables us to love God and love others. It is the gospel that is the source of ultimate love that flows into our lives and redeems our souls so that we can love God and love others, empowered ultimately by His Holy Spirit. Now, if you've obeyed the gospel, you already know what I'm talking about. However, if you're here this morning and you've never heard the message of salvation, or you've never received the message of salvation for your soul, the rest of this sermon is unlikely to do you any good. You see, you must settle in your heart today whether you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and make Him Savior and Lord of your life. Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead is the most supreme and loving act of all history. He wants you to respond favorably to the gospel call. This is the first step of obedience that matures into the fullness of loving God and loving others. 
Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, it says, Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. Time and again, we see that God's Word connects obedience to loving God. The last time I shared with you several verses that stated uh, that how we're to love God by obeying His commands. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, it says, But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete. And this is how we know that we are in him. Truly, obedience to God is our act of love. We are walking in love when we are faithful to God's commands. This loyalty to God and his commands is expression of faithful love. It is this love that we're striving for as believers. Why do we love God? Because He first loved us. And Jesus said it this way, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. You see, this is the love for God, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So if loving God is obeying His commands, then the next logical question is, how do we know His commands? Jesus has already answered this by quoting the Old Testament. In, let's look at that verse right now. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting with verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. These are the words that I'm giving you today that are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit down in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your head and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. So how do we know the Lord's commands? Well, one thing you're doing correctly is showing up this morning. We learn a bit of what God's commands when we come and we listen to solid Bible teaching. We also have life groups that occur during the week, some immediately after this service and some during the week. And these groups spend time learning from God's Word, challenging one another, to live God's commands in our lives. But one thing that is often missing in the lives of believers is God's Word for ourselves. Your love of God will be directly related to the amount of time that you spend in the Bible. This passage says that we have God's Word in our hearts and that we repeat them to our children. That we talk about them as we go through life. This, that we bind them on our hands and we write them on our forehead. God's Word is to be an intimate part of our everyday life. More, we, not just to, something to study once or twice a week. 
If you want to love God more, you would do well to spend more time studying and meditating upon God's Word. Then as God's will becomes more and more apparent, you will learn to live out faithful love. Uh, recently, I just finished reading the Bible cover to cover in 90 days. And I'm going to go through it a second time. I'm about a third of the way through. And I read it about an hour a day. Now think about how many activities during the week uh, or every day that we spend that, uh, more than an hour that is, really has no eternal significance. Would you be willing to join me in giving an hour a day to read God's Word, to study His Word? Now, maybe you don't read quite as fast. That's okay. It's not a race. Uh, read at your pace. Just get into the Word. Maybe you have a short attention span. I kind of have a short attention span. So read it for 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at midday, 20 minutes in the afternoon. My challenge to you is to get regularly get into God's Word. It is only by knowing God's Word that we can truly obey His Word. And it is only by obeying His Word that we can truly love God. If you commit to an hour a day, you will easily read through the entire Bible within the next year, even if you miss a day or two along the way. I'd like to change the focus now from loving God to focusing on loving people. Again, I will not be able to adequately cover the breadth of this subject. I only hope that we can get a taste of what it means to love as we dig and, and encourage you to dig into God's Word and discover what it means to love each other. Without rehashing the last sermon, let's make some quick observations and dig into a couple points. When we think about love of others, there's multiple categories that, of people that apply to. Each group, we exp express love differently. Um, and this group will, depending on what group it is, will be expressed differently, depending on the relationship, the nature of the relationship. For example... The love that I express for my wife, Amy, is generally going to be different than the love that I express for all of you. Some of the key groups that we find in Scripture are spouses, family, elders, church leaders, friends, enemies, fellow Christians, and people in the world in general. Quickly then, marriage love is to be demonstrated in the way that a husband lays down his life for his wife. This is also demonstrated in the way that a, in turn, a wife in turn respects her husband for this loving sacrifice towards her. And submits to him. Now I want to say something. The Bible is unambiguous about this. A loving marriage is between a man and a woman. And our culture is working hard to re redefine the nature of marital relationships. 
We cannot compromise on this. To disobey God really is to say that you don't love Him. That being said, husbands, if, if you want to know how to love, learn to lay your life down for your wife. This is not an either or. The love only works when husband and wife are doing their part in the relationship. With the family, we're to raise our children in a way that they learn to love and honor God. And with our parents, we're to honor them. With fellow believers, we are to love each other by building each other up, encouraging, meeting together, seeking unity, seeking peace, and provoking loving works. With our elders, we're to care for them. With our church leaders, we're to honor them and make sure that they're adequately compensated for their work. With our friends, we tell them the good news of Christ. We serve them where we're able. We love our neighbors as ourselves. With our enemies, we love them by providing for their basic needs, treating them with kindness, and praying for them. I've included these references so that you can look at them in your personal Bible study. I have a sheet of paper that has the references at the back. I'll also be online if you want to download it. But I encourage you to dig into God's Word and really learn what it says about love. I want God to write on your hearts the reality of His faithful love and to learn what it means to love God and love others. You know, uh, in the last two weeks, I've referenced about 70 passages um, in, in, uh, about this subject. You know, and, and reality is I could reference many, many more. Someone joked after the last time I preached that uh, I hope you don't run out of, of passages to preach on your sermon. <laughs> it's not possible. In fact, uh, the Bible mentions love over 752 times throughout Scripture. Uh, to put this into perspective, um, the numbers may vary depending on the English translation, but uh, the, the Word of God mentions doctrine six times, discernment 36 times, teach and teaching 231 times, learn 82 times, truth 170 times, holy 653 times. And so it's easy to conclude that God's overwhelming message in His Word is love. The word love is found throughout the Bible. There's a graph that I'll show you here. That is the frequency of the word love uh, that we find in Scripture. That, that really tall one is the Song of Solomon, which makes sense that that would have the most love. And then those uh, the gray, red, and uh, sort of reddish pink one on the far right there are 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Of course, John, we say, is the 
the apostle of love. So that makes sense as well. But as you can see, love is talked about throughout the entire scriptures. Each one of those bars represents a book of the Bible. I want to encourage you to dig into God's Word. Not just about love, about forgiveness, about truth, about holiness, but I want you to know that God loves you. And He wants a good life for you. But it's important that you understand that your sin separates you from His love. And the only way that you can understand God's love is to receive that love that is offered in the gift of salvation. And once we've received that gift, that we are called as believers to love God, to obey His commands, and to love others. So what does this love look like? I'd like to spend the closing moments highlighting a few things from the First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. And starting with verse 4, we read, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecy, that will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease as for knowledge, it will come to an end. You see, love is long-suffering. The word patient is defined as suffering long for the one that you love. It's interesting to me that the, char- the first characteristic we find in Corinthians about love is suffering. It, it seems strange at first, but as you meditate on it, you you realize that ultimately it is a profound truth. When we suffer long for the person that we love, it becomes the ultimate expression of love. Love is kind. Kindness is greatly missing from our lives and our culture. We are more likely to experience contempt and rejection than we are to experience kindness and love. We can all work at being more kind to one another and those around us. Love is not self-seeking. When we use relationships to selfish ends, we cannot claim to be loving. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says it this way. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. 
You see, the goal as brothers and sisters in Christ is to take the lead in honoring each other. That's the goal. Further, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, we say, In every way I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, because he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, giving is a blessing. In fact, Jesus says the blessing that comes from giving is greater than the blessing that comes from receiving. And so giving love is greater than receiving love. Showing kindness is greater than receiving kindness. This is the mark of our Christian faith, that we love one another. What can we say then? In conclusion, first, our love is a reflection of God's faithful love. It is this loyal, kind, gracious, and steadfast love that God has for us that is the foundation of the love that we have for God and others. And it is only by having this love through faith in Jesus Christ that this type of love is possible. Second, to obey God is to love God. And the only way that we can know and obey God is to saturate our lives in His Word and learn what His teachings are. And we do that through studying through sermons, and most importantly, studying His Word. Third, we know that God has commanded us to love others. This takes many different forms depending on the nature of that relationship. That being said, it is unquestionable that we are to love in all these relationships. No matter whether it's the intimate relationship of a spouse or the challenging relationship of those who persecute you and hate you and everything in between. In all these things, persevere in love. And finally, we, we recognize that love is long-suffering, kind, and self-sacrificing. When we commit to this kind of love, we, which is ultimately expressed in Jesus Christ laying down His life for the salvation of our souls, then we will be revived. Our church will flourish. And the world will be transformed by the powerful and faithful love of God. If you'd stand with me as we pray. Father God, we just come before you right now. And we ask, Lord, that you would reveal your faithful love. Lord, that you would make your faithful love 
manifest in our lives. And Lord, help us to be the ambassadors of Your faithful love. To bring this light, to bring this compassion, to bring this message of love, of salvation of souls, of care and compassion for the world around us to a world that is dark, dying, and tearing itself apart. Lord, help us to be people of peace and and help us to be the ambassadors of reconciliation. Lord, we ask that You help us to live out the love as we fellowship with one another in, in Christ, in our church. Help us to lift up fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to pray for them, to encourage them, to minister to them. And Lord, we pray that Your faithful love would be the mark of our church. That those around us, those in our community, would come to know Richland Baptist Church as a place of love. Lord, we lift all these things up to You and pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen.